Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bull, and myself begin our discussion on the Apostles' Creed. The Apostles' Creed has been a blessing to the church over the years, and it summarizes the whole of what the Bible teaches. Sit back and enjoy. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bowe, and I have with me today... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Brian Rickey. All right, we are uh, jumping in, finally, to the Apostles' Creed. And we delayed it long enough to maximize our uh, content Mm -hmm. possibilities, but I am excited to launch into the Apostles' Creed. That's good. Looks like we're going to have a a, a good pattern for the Creed Mm -hmm. uh, with two-part lessons on each article, and then we're going to try to do a study Mm -hmm. of the Old Testament and the New Testament for each article, too. We have a vested interest in showing how... Uh, both the Old Testament and the New Testament point us to the gospel. And the creed is all about the gospel, so that's what we're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. That's good. And just in time for in my own teaching of confirmation, I'm just getting into the Apostles' Creed, so this is good. And we've heard some listeners have been using this to um, help confirmation students or help people that are growing in the in this sort of way um, to be... Yeah, to mature in, in knowledge in this way. Yeah, this is hopefully exactly what the material is designed to do. We've had some indications that it's being used as a supplement for confirmation materials, uh, some indications that it's being used as a supplement for new members mm-hmm. material. But, you know, the impetus for the whole class that I'm teaching at my church, which is what we're basing the material for the mm-hmm. podcast off, was my congregation asking me, what does it mean to be a Lutheran? Mm-hmm. Why are we Lutheran? And so... You know, we're simply going through what the very first Lutherans had to say about their identity, mm-hmm. starting with the basics of the faith and the catechisms that, you know, Luther expounded, the small catechism, the large mm-hmm. catechism. Uh, we'll be jumping into eventually uh, <laughs> the very first confession of the Lutheran Church in the Augsburg Confession and the Apology of the Augsburg Confession, and then everything else in the Book of Concord flows from that. So mm-hmm. it's it's good. Um, I want to say thank you to those who are listening. Yes. And it's, it's very humbling to uh, hear that this is being used uh, to further... Uh, ministry in other areas. This is, you know, what we kind of want to put this material up for. It's the joy we have uh, in discussing it. So it's it's exciting news. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. So we're going to launch into this. And Apostles' Creed, you know, something many of you, maybe most of you listening have probably said this, if not every single Sunday, many, many Sundays of the year mm-hmm. at your church. Confess it. Stand up. Let's confess our faith using the Apostles' Creed. Yep. Um, we know it backwards and forwards. Um, our kids know it. it it's fun and when I t- you know, quiz my kids, say, hey, can you say the second article? And they'll, they'll say, well, uh, what about Jesus? And then they would start at the beginning to get to the, all the way. It's uh, like the alphabet. Part. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, hey, start saying the alphabet from M. Yeah, yeah. go from there, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if I can do that. <laughs> right. Uh, so I, I just find joy in that that that's part of the catechesis, the mm-hmm. teaching, the you hear the the basics, the the grammar, the, the ABC, oh. and as you get to know it, as you flesh it out, you you learn the the reasoning and the logic behind it too. And this is exactly how the catechism is designed to work by Luther himself. It's so often, you know, in, in modern contemporary times, we are decrying 
rote memorization. Mm -hmm. We are moving away from it. We think it has no value, but it has perfect value because for many Christians, uh, you know, over the last several centuries, uh, just the confession of the Apostles' Creed has become a part of who we are. Like you said, we know it inside and out, forward and backwards. But now, because that information is in our hearts and in our heads, we get to talk about what it means. Mm-hmm. We get to, you know, yep. explain it, uh, expand on it. And that's exactly the order we want to do it. We want mm-hmm. the rote memory, instilling it into our brains. And then we want to be able to talk about it. And, yep. you know, Luther says we cannot master the content of the catechism. We cannot master the law. We cannot master the gospel. There's always more to feed. There's always more to learn. There's mm-hmm. always more to teach and instruct ourselves, much less our family members, our kids, mm-hmm. our congregations. Yeah, that's good. That That's really good stuff. And <clears throat> and pray that we all have that heart coming into this. And uh, let's take a step back a little bit and, and think about the Apostles' Creed in the context of the rest of the catechism, especially the small catechism. And it's maybe not widely known that uh, other people had catechisms at the time of the Reformation, and they weren't in the same order as Luther's small catechism. And so the way Luther reorganized the catechism was a bit revolutionary in the sense of uh, making a point and making a theological point. So Jason, talk a little bit about that. The, the ordering of the catechism, like you said, is something that is, is revolutionary. Catholics have been using the idea of catechisms mm-hmm. for, you know, time immemorial, I guess is how you'd say it. Uh, Luther didn't invent the catechism. He didn't yep. uh, invent the idea of a catechism. But he did look at the way the church was being educated and said, we need more of a purpose to this. We need more of a specific order to this. And part like of that... scope and sequence flow. Exactly. To it. And, and part of that, he, he was distraught. Well, Luther... Uh, was kind of in charge of a circuit of churches in the area around Wittenberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he would go tour every once in a while. And the first time he did that, uh, he was just distraught over the biblical illiteracy of both the people in the parishes and the pastors themselves. And, and basically the catechism is saying there needs to be a better way to learn the faith. There mm-hmm. needs to be a better I, way to I wonder it. if he was alive and did that same thing, how he'd feel. About the yeah today he'd be yeah. mortified yeah. he would yeah. just absolutely be mortified mm-hmm. I have no doubt about that in my mind mm-hmm. so Luther basically orders the catechism or reorders the content of the catechism mm-hmm. to mirror the Christian life so instead of just a randomness uh, to everything he he starts off with law mm-hmm. ten commandments which we finished that unit now he moves to gospel with the creed which is what we're starting mm-hmm. and you've got prayer with the Lord's Prayer, and you got assurance of salvation with the sacraments, so you've got baptism, absolution, and mm-hmm. communion, and then you finish it off with his little addendum shortly after he yeah, publishes the... Tables of Duties. You know, Table of Duties. That that mm-hmm. wasn't in the original small catechism, but it was in the first revision or whatever, I think, and you get vocation. Mm-hmm. All of the theology... Yeah. Uh, ding, ding. There you go, Brian. I know, I was going to bring up, like, does that have to do with vocation? <laughs> Table of Duties is all about vocation. Yes. And, and it, you know, the summation of the basics of our faith lead into our vocations, our everyday Mm -hmm. lives as Christians. And so this deliberate order of the catechism builds the way we kind of mature in our faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's excellent. And I I think, I remember when I first heard this maybe in seminary, I I can't remember the name of it. There was one book that we had to read. Um, I think it was called That I May Be His Own or or something along those lines. And I think it was in that book where it laid out this and I, my mouth just was gaping open like, wow, that, that is really cool uh, to see how, 
he had that purpose in doing it that way. And so, yeah, you, you gave kind of a simple summary there of Ten Commandments Law, Apostles' Creed, Gospel. Um, it's not going to be just gospel, but maybe it leads with the gospel more so than the commandments do. Well, and we're working with uh, principles here. We're not working in a vacuum. When you remember throughout our time talking about the Ten Commandments, there's always gospel truth in that. Yep. We remember you have the prohibit and promote aspects of the Ten Commandments. Well, the very first mm-hmm. commandment prohibits idolatry, but the good news is, is that's because God has revealed himself to be the God from which we get everything we need for life and salvation. He wants us to come to him. That's mm-hmm. gospel truth. You know, the, the second commandment prohibiting blasphemy, well, it's because God wants us to make right use of his name for our benefit. Mm-hmm. In the third commandment prohibiting, you know, apostasy or heresy, it's because God wants us to know and confess the truth because it will comfort us. It will, it'll save us. And so, you know, it's, well, the Ten Commandments are mainly law, mm-hmm. Uh, in specifically law, they're not only and always law. There's always gospel truths. Uh, we're going to learn a lot uh, about the law in the Apostles' Creed. Mm-hmm. We're going to learn a lot about our life uh, under God as our creator mm-hmm. in the first article. We're going to learn a lot about our need for salvation uh, and our own failures in the second uh uh, second article, yep. and we're going to learn a lot about our need for God to constantly sustain our lives of faith. Because without repeated application of the gospel, we're going to lose it. We're mm-hmm. going to we're going to abandon our faith. And so, uh, there's both aspects working there together. And in really, it's not to give us you know clear cut definitions, but it's to give us uh, an appreciation of the interaction between law and gospel and God's word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and every time I've taught through the Ten Commandments, I don't know about you guys, but I always feel when we finish the Ten Commandments, everybody is so ready to have huh? the Apostles' Creed, the the good news, the good stuff, um, what Christ is, or what God has done for us as Creator, Redeemer, and Sanctifier. And that ought to be the the law, if preached properly, ought mm-hmm. to give us a thirst for the gospel. It, yep. it ought to be driving us to Christ. It, it, that's what God has designed the law to do. Mm-hmm. So we've talked a little bit about the way the catechism in general is ordered and where the Apostles' Creed fits into that. Let's talk a little bit now about how the Apostles' Creed itself is organized. Yeah, the Roman Catholic Church of Luther's time, uh, and from what I can tell in the research that I've done, uh, it was over a period of, of several years, decades, probably even centuries, uh, had divided the Apostles' Creed into 12 separate articles. Uh, And it was based on the legend that each one of the 12 apostles contributed one part (laughs) of the creed. Now, that's kind of the extent of my research on that. I've looked at the creed several times. I have no idea (laughs) how you would divide it into 12 parts. I just, it's... I think it's only got 12 sentences, so maybe... Yeah, yeah, maybe, right. I mean, yeah it's, maybe. It's, you know, and, and part of that is we've been so ingrained with the three parts yeah. of the creed that we can't see it any so other way. It's hard way. to unsee that. But, but Luther has this amazing line, I think it's in the large catechism, where he says, you know, uh, we could expound on 
every single word of this creed and mm-hmm. not, you know, fill up a, a volume for a book or whatever. So he's like, let's not get into arguments about how it's divided. Mm-hmm. But then what Luther wanted again was simplification from memory. Mm-hmm. And so we yeah. based it on the Trinity. Keep it simple. Yep. Stupid. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> I, you know, as much as I think Luther would that be. That was for me. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I think Luther would be distraught at the state of the church, I think you'd love that phrase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But that yeah. Proverbs uh, 30, verse 2, there's no more stupider man than I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, so Luther takes this, bases it on the Trinity, and, and, and it's so interesting because the Ten Commandments in this way lay out for us the boundaries of our vocation mm-hmm. in our Christian life. They, you know, love God, love neighbor is mm-hmm. the principle behind the two kinds of righteousness. You have the Coram Deo, Coram Mundo stuff, uh, kind of give us boundaries for loving Whoa, our neighbor Latin. and how we love our neighbor. Yep. Uh, the creed lays out God's vocations based on the Trinity. And so you have God's vocation as creator in, in providing for and sustaining for us. Mm-hmm. God's vocation as son and redeeming and in, in, in saving us. God's vocation as Holy Spirit and sanctifying us. Now, this isn't mm-hmm. modalism, Patrick. Uh, <laughs> it's not God showing up in one way or another oh, way yeah. or other thing. But this is a way for Luther to continue to teach the truth of the Trinity mm-hmm. yeah. as it's presented yep. in scripture yep. and give us a way to think about it and talk about it. And we talked about it a little bit when we were in the Trinity episode where it's talking about the economy of God and the economy of God is how God interacts with humanity and mm-hmm. creation where the imminent Trinity is more of that perichoritic internal essence mm-hmm. of the triune God. So it's just dealing with the economy of the great triune God mm-hmm. that we serve uh, revealed through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And yeah. So then our our confession of the creed is our confession of the Trinity and Mm -hmm. our confession of what we can expect God to be doing for us based on how he's revealed himself in scripture Mm -hmm. and based on his promises. Uh, And and it's an all-encompassing thing for the Christian life again. You know, Mm -hmm. in the article on creation, we have... Uh, the answer to the fourth article or the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread, mm-hmm. is we are praying for God to yep. sustain us uh, in this temporal material world. And and today he did that through a meat lover's pizza for yeah. us. Yeah, so right. He provided awesome. our wonderful lunch through Brian. And I mean, we look all around us in this room. He's provided microphones and, mm-hmm. and software Yay! and yeah. the clothes <laughs> on our backs and mm-hmm. the cars we used to get here. And, yep. you know, everything is from and by God's hand. Mm-hmm. That's the you first know, article. And just, you know, I can just see the the point of a lot of that is just to develop a, a content spirit with all of that, you know, mm-hmm. because it's so easy, especially in America. It's yep. like, oh, bigger, better, brighter. I got to get the new iPhone. I got to get this. And man, you know, we have so much. And just getting to that point of just understanding that we need to be content in who God is. And Brett just took his <laughs> cell phone off the table to hide it. Oh, he, did you get a new one? No, attacked his no, character. No. No. Well, you think about that, though, and it makes the order of the catechism even that much more genius mm-hmm. in the way it was. Because the ninth and 10th commandments, the closing of the mm-hmm. law, deal with the sin of discontentment. Oh, yeah, but, but right. those are the disposable, right? We yeah, just kind of right. throw those away. Yeah. And, and immediately then we move to confessing the creed and confessing that God is our provider yeah, for yeah. everything we need. Right? is yep. just uh, going through that was so good for me. 
Uh, and just continuing to remind myself of those two commandments, mm-hmm. because I honestly think that if I'm if I'm just being honest with everybody here, I probably struggle with those more than anything. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, especially you say, mm-hmm. oh, but there's more other microphones I don't have that I could have. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of like my weakness there is I like I like I like collecting microphones. So mm-hmm. it, yeah. One coveting as the sin of idolatry takes us back to the first commandment. We yeah. remember God forbids idolatry, but then he says, come to me. We should fear, love, and trust God above all things, as Luther explains it. Mm-hmm. And then we have the first article of the creed, mm-hmm. which says, what are we going to God for? Mm-hmm. For provision. Mm-hmm. And then second article of the creed, we're going yep. to God for salvation. And the third article of the creed, we're going to God for sanctification. Right. And even though we attach one person of the Trinity to each of those, it's not as if the other persons of the Trinity are not involved in, say, creation or in redemption, but uh, maybe that's, they're the one that takes the lead in that, Um, you know, Christ dying on the cross. You know, you see God the Father primarily, maybe, and in Genesis creating, even though there's there's more to say about that. Exactly. But but anytime mm -hmm. we talk about Jesus on the cross, he did it as fully human, anointed in the power of the Holy Spirit, according to the Father's plan. So it's always... You see the Trinity. There is always that Trinitarian formula, and I hate to use that word, but this Trinitarian reality Mm -hmm. that's always present, even in the incarnation of Christ, in the the work uh, during Christ's incarnation and providing salvation. It's always the triune God. Mm -hmm. It's always the triune God. Well, in, in creation... We have the presence of the Trinity mm-hmm. in creation, Genesis 1. Mm-hmm. You know, the Holy Spirit is hovering over the waters. Mm-hmm. And John 1, 1, uh, or John 1, not yeah. 1, 1, but yeah. in the beginning uh, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then he goes on to say all things that are were created yeah. through mm-hmm. Jesus. And so we have the Trinity's work yep. in yep. the first article on creation. Absolutely. We have the Trinity's work absolutely in the second article on redemption because it is God who is being reconciled by the blood of Christ, but it is also God who sent his son to do the work of redemption. Yep. Jesus, obviously the centerpiece of the second article, but the Holy Spirit is what uh, applies the truth of the promises Jesus won to our hearts, enabling us to believe. The mm-hmm. Lord and giver of life. And I think sometimes we, we kind of get stuck. We kind of think that, oh, God's done creating. Well, no, he's not. He's continuing to create as new creations in Christ Jesus through Christ Jesus. And one day we'll recreate however mm-hmm. that works out, the new heavens and new earth. Yeah. And man, I'm looking forward to that yeah. day. But, you know, that's the idea. <laughs> You know, I just got done preaching on that, you know, in uh, Isaiah chapter 11, one through five, and then a couple of verses later in seven and eight, they've got this picture of this little child playing over a hole of a cobra. There's, mm. there's no danger anymore, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and I just really look forward to that day. But even the brilliance of the Apostles' Creed leading us down that, because mm-hmm. John's point was, hey, go back to creation because the creator God is recreating new life through Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I really think that with the creed, it, it's giving words to what would otherwise be overwhelming for us to even think about. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, good thing the Apostles' Creed is not a whole systematic theology book yeah. for us. Although well, that'd be cool too, but <laughs> to keep it simple you base and systematic theology. But on the sure. Creed. The thing I find, and I don't know how you guys feel, but you almost have to know a great deal of information to make it concise. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the, yep. the Apostles' Creed is concise, and even the Nicene, honestly, the Athanasian Creed is concise, considering <laughs> the immense nature of the triune God that we serve. But in that reality, you almost have to know more in order to make it concise. But it, it kind of, Mark Twain had this quote about 
uh, writing. He hey, said, this is I, the this is the I love the '90s podcast. Yeah, so go on. Well, what, what's up with I'm this trying Mark to look Twain cultured for just oh, okay. a second. Speak, to, speak for yourself, guys. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said uh, he in apologizing to a friend, he wrote a letter. He said, uh, "I I apologize if I would have had more time, I would have written you a shorter letter." <laughs> and, you know the the yeah. development the mm-hmm. the principle Good. behind that. You know we don't want to say it applies here, but yep. I think you're onto it. That uh, it's the the knowledge of the church is granted by the Spirit yeah. is why this isn't a rambling mm-hmm. uh, kind of a whole dissertation yeah. uh, on the Trinity. We it's been simplified by the teaching of the church through yeah. Scripture to this, and you know we can spend all the time in the world joyfully unpacking it. But thank goodness, you know, thank God, mm-hmm. it, is, it is down to this this statement that even a child can confess. Yeah, what's that quote? The It's deep enough, it's a pool where it's deep enough for an elephant to swim in, yet shallow enough for a child to play in, or I... I don't know. I'll go with that. Yeah. I always we'll, like we'll the sci- I like sci-fi references, so it's kind of like <laughs> Doctor Who's the TARDIS. It's, it's bigger on the inside. Okay, I, I don't watch, bigger on the inside. Yeah, I don't is. watch Doctor Who, so I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh but. boy, I like you just a little bit less now. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, well, good. Well, maybe we should wrap up this episode, and then next episode dive into uh, looking at each of the articles to the begin specific with. Specific content yeah. of yep. the first article. I think this is a good place to stop. I think. Uh, the setup here by Luther has been nice uh, and needed. Amen. Well, Brian, do you have a verse? Yes, no? I do. Okay. And, you know, you alluded to it <laughs> earlier. Yeah, right. yeah Hustling. I know. I am. Um, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was the life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on iTunes. Join us next week as Pastor Brett, Pastor Jason, and myself continue our discussion on the Apostles' Creed. God bless you and have a great week.